Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul LaFaver. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And this is Friday, 6 May 2022. Today we have a special, well, we have a special every day, don't we? A special every Friday. We've got some very special guests today. Yes, we have some special guests. Our topic today is Christian counseling. I love that we have a unwoke podcast where we can talk about God's word, uh, real things, and people don't get triggered. So this is especially uh, fun to do that. Uh, I want to introduce our panel. I think we can call them a panel. Uh, we have my wife, who is the very first woman on the Pinelander podcast, if they'd be invited. Uh, but uh, she is also very important and in charge. I think you also had to pay her too, didn't you? We did. We did. We paid her for her time. Uh, <laughs> she is a licensed clinical mental health counselor associate. Uh, she practices here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. My wife, Becky LaFaver. Welcome to the Pinelander, Becky. Thank you. It's awesome you're here. It is awesome. Yep. Also, uh, to my right, uh, which none of you really care about, uh, is my brother-in-law, John Phelps. Uh, he is a lieutenant in the United States Navy uh, on loan to us for a couple weeks. He's spending some time with our family, but he is a chaplain in the United States Navy. Uh, he's also had a lot of experience in the VA, uh, in the uh, CPE program, where they do clinical pastoral education, uh, and they specialize in meeting uh, hurting people with God's word and kindness and just loving on those people where they're at and their family members. So uh, this is really important to me, too, just to break the ice, is uh, my father is a chaplain. He was a VA chaplain. He's been a VA chaplain for a couple of decades. Before that, uh, he was a, a Navy chaplain for 26 years. So, Dad, when you hear this, thanks for your service. Thanks for your continued service uh, and all of the those that you've touched over the years, including myself. Man, we're going to get started, man. We're, we got what we're going to talk about today because I mean, it's all kinds of good stuff that we, we need to. We do. We we, we have. Pressure. I thought about this for a while, and then I just kind of uh, threw some people under the bus and told them, "Hey, we're going to have this thing," and uh, we brought managed to bring this together. But uh, really, here's uh, really what I wanted to corner. Uh, I wanted to major in for this podcast, and that is, uh, what is counseling? And what is Christian counseling? And kind of just, just from there. So I just want to, you know, anybody who wants to answer, you know, what is counseling? In your own words. Wow. So um, hello, everyone. This is John. Um, kind of um, getting pitched to me here. Uh, counseling, in my own words, is uh, providing care for those uh, who are going through things. Uh, it's, it's a really broad topic. It could be grief, um, 
you know, encompassing loss. It could be, um, you know, traumatic stresses, uh, or it could be uh, just uh, dealing with uh, with lack of life skills. And the counselor is there to uh, to help them. Um, depending on what type of counseling it is, it may be um, where the counselor sits as the expert in the room, uh, dictating to the person what what's wrong with them or where the counselor sits and listens and learns from that person's story and tries to guide them toward a, a resolution and answer. Because, you know, you know, for me, it's just interesting listening to, you know, John describe counseling because, you know, my background is like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back, okay, I was an E5 counseling mm-hmm. privates. This isn't the kind of counseling that you guys specialize in. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, glad you brought that up. Most of us, most of us are kind of like, hey, dude, you know, you're doing something wrong. You need to fix yourself. If if not, this is what's going to happen. Counseling complete. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. You know, that's 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 my yeah. that's pretty much my you know definition. Fix yourself. That's, that certainly is not the kind of counseling that we're going to be talking about today. Right, Mike. I I, uh, I should have been clear. Um, from the clinical standpoint, you know, we're talking about, uh, and and in my world, uh. It, we, we call it care. We don't necessarily label it as counseling, but it still is uh, in that realm. And uh, it can also include mentorship uh, as part of that, which, I mean, kind of crosses over into what you're talking about. I mean, hopefully when you're counseling someone who has made a mistake, it's, uh, it's to a positive end, not just to, to tell them what they did wrong, but to help them uh, to grow from that mistake. Yeah, it gets way deeper. Yeah. Absolutely. Becky, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I always said that I was a better counselor before I ever went to school because, um, I would counsel in the church and, and, um, I always got my answers from the Lord, not from myself or the patient and when I went to school, they told me that it was against the American counseling, anyway, yeah. code of ethics to push your beliefs on your clients. So that's kind of tough when you're a Christian counselor. Um, so like John said, um, there's a lot of different kinds of counseling. There's grief counseling, there's family counseling, there's couples counseling. Um, I do a lot of play therapy, which is um, 12 and under, children's 12 and under, and we use toys and um, dolls, puppets, um, games, and the kids really like that, we use that because it helps them to open up because it's hard for a child to explain to you the abuse and the trauma that they're experiencing in in words. They just it's not they're not able to do that. So if they can show you through play what kind of trauma that they're experiencing at home, um, that's how. Uh, me as a counselor or a play therapist can actually help a child. And I, I enjoy that a lot. It's just funny listening to you because I, I, I can see a value in what you do with children with the soft community. And, and that sounds funny, but 
I think sometimes in our community, we have a hard time expressing ourselves with words as well. Now, obviously, we probably don't need the doll, okay? But I, my guess is because you're used to using alternative methods in order to get the kind of information that you need to figure out, okay, what's going on, mm-hmm. you know? I, my guess is you're, you're also probably kind of attuned to reading body language and some other things where someone might not be just coming out and saying, you know, this is my issue, because maybe they might not even be aware of the issue themselves. Mm-hmm. There may be a, a several things going on. Mm-hmm. So my guess is, I, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm just out loud here, but I'm thinking just the, the way, you know, being trained to deal with children in that type of uh, environment, I think would also kind of help you in, in other places as, as well, in other, in, in other environments where people might not be forthcoming. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree that most men, as you guys know, don't want to go to counseling. No. Right. <laughs> they don't want to open up. They don't want to get all ooey-gooey and f- let out their feelings. And um, But Paul and I, my husband, the, um, have had a lot of experience with men in the soft community or in special forces, which is soft, sorry, um, in the military, when they get to the end of their rope and they call us and in the middle of the night or, you know, whatever, and they're just, they, they're broken. And we're like, hey, look, just stay where you're at. You know, we make sure they're safe. We'll be right there and... We have had experiences where guys are just, they're just broken. These these big, rough, tough guys are just, they're crying. And they're like, I don't know what's wrong with me ever since I've come back from Afghanistan or, you know, wherever they were at. I'm just, um, I'm really having a hard time. Um, so that's hey. where we step in with. The Christian right. counseling. Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, so just to out myself also, I have uh, a few classes left to finish my Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health uh, Counseling. And so I've, uh, I've read a little bit about this. So, uh, but what's, what's interesting that you're bringing out, I think we want to bring out for our listeners also, is the difference between secular counseling and Christian counseling. Because there's a, it's a different perspective, a different starting off point. Perhaps not a starting off point, but there's a different authority that's in place, right? Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think that may be a duh thing. But, I mean, just so that's stated, that counseling meets hurting people uh, and meets the needs of those hurting people. So you, you meet their needs, but it's how we're meeting those needs. Is that right? I mean, would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I think there's also something else that you that that I just found kind of interesting that you said earlier, uh, Becky. And that was you were talking about secular a secular structure of counseling uh, versus sort of the heartfelt Christian counseling. And I might be, you know, taking this different, but my guess is if I was in there getting counseling, okay, I'm not I'm 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 thinking the person that's kind of going by the book doing the secular thing, I'm not sure if I'm going to feel that they're there. That mm-hmm. you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, if somebody's like just shooting from the heart with me, I mm-hmm. think I'm going to feel that. I think it's going to be more effective than somebody that's kind of like doing the guideline out of the book. I mean, that's just, uh, you guys find that to be, uh, you, you know, the case? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, I find myself just to out myself. Um, I find myself when I'm doing secular counseling, I find myself sitting like this with my my cheek and my um, chin in my hand and yawning and <laughs> and I'm watching the clock because it can be boring, you know, because the person just doesn't want to dive in too fast. And I I want to get to the point, you know, you're in a crisis, let's deal with it. And, you know, I go too hard too fast and it scares people and they don't come back. And I was told by my boss, he's like, you cannot do that. You have to take three or four months to get to know them, to build rapport. It's like, I don't want to do that. You know, the, that's a time waster. Uh, time that they might not have, I might add. Hey, I think I think at this point, um, John, I don't. It looked like you were going to say something, but uh, I think it's important at this point to to note that uh, the goal in secular counseling, as I understand it, is to get the client to see the problem and come up with their own solution. Yes. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. That's correct. And uh, in, in a similar fashion. Uh, we, we want the person to see the problem using you know Christian counseling setting, but uh, they're not going to have the answer per se. They're not really going to yes. get it, you know? I'd like to add, add to that on the yeah. uh, secular counseling side because um, there's, there's a couple different approaches. Um, uh, more of the Rogerian style is to lead that person to, uh, to discovering things um, they see the person as the expert in the story um, versus Freudian where uh, the, the counselor sets as the expert in the room who actually gives advice and tells the person what they should do about their problems. Right. I, I personally lean more towards the Rogerian. Um, I'm in a unique position. Uh, I, I'm going to hijack this for a moment if that's okay. Hijack away. Hijack because I, I find myself between these two worlds. Yeah. Obviously, uh, I'm an ordained minister. Uh, that's why I'm a chaplain. They don't just bring people in to be counselors. That's what uh, social workers are for in the military and uh, um, psychologists and psychiatrists. Um, my place is in the uh, the spiritual and emotional health realm. So um, part of my um, upbringing to become a chaplain, as Paul mentioned, was uh, clinical pastoral education, um, which uh, actually I think is um, is crucial to being a, a good chaplain uh, and and counselor. Uh, because it teaches you how to integrate uh, your own theology um, so that I'm actually, in my mind, always providing Christian counseling, even though my audience is not Christian. And that doesn't mean I'm overtly uh, pushing uh, biblical um, truths to them and telling them they need to go to church. Um, but I use my own theology of, of God and of suffering, and I use that to inform myself so that I can provide care but I also see the person as the expert. So not to the answers, but to their life story. And, and by listening to that story, you can discover things. Uh, a caveat to that is 
if I've got my head uh, on straight that day, I I am actually you know reaching out in prayer before I go into any kind of counseling because I don't see myself as the expert in the room. I see uh, I see God as the expert and uh, and just pray to be uh, to be what that person needs to uh, to help them to heal in that moment. Um, I'm yeah, gonna right pass it back over to you, Paul. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point, John. Is uh, we remain true to our conviction true to our, uh, our our beliefs, right? Even in that setting. I know, Becky, you do that. Uh, and I know Christian counselors that are worth their salt do that too. And so they have to be, uh, you know, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. They have to understand the parameters. Uh, and then that's really the integrative uh, uh, paradigm is you integrate scripture, prayer, uh, at once you have... A, uh, been given consent, informed consent, and once you have that in the clinical setting, you can do that. And obviously, in a pastoral setting, that's kind of what you need to be getting. And so, uh, I don't want to also fail to uh, mention that is the pastoral counseling. Uh, you know, it's a no-brainer. People want to; they want to go. They want to have the Word of God. They want to have prayer. And so, I think what's interesting about this podcast also is uh, talking about that paradigm we discovered of how we have to kind of toe a line uh, in order to not get fired, right? In order to, uh, you know, meet the needs of people. And, and we really want them to discover the truth. But in that clinical setting, you know, it has to be at the right time once they have given consent. Is that right? Something like that. Yes. Right. Well, so I'm thinking too, though, I mean, it's not like, someone's getting, you know, springed up upon as far as like Christian right. counseling. I mean, my guess is when, when you got the call, you know, at the middle of the night, mm -hmm. I, they know what they're getting. Yeah. And it's the reason why they're calling you. Yes. It's not like they're coming for secular counseling because mm -hmm. right. they're not, they're not going to get that call in the little favor house. Right. Right. Because yeah. okay. they're calling yeah. Pastor Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other thing I was looking at uh, this, you know, we, so we kind of look at the definition of counseling. Let me just, if I could, I'm going to read a little bit from my book entitled God's Man. It's a pastor's handbook. And uh, in chapter 15, it's on counseling. And I, I kind of dealt with this uh, paradigm. I wanted to, to give a chapter to uh, pastors on counseling. And then also, not a newthetic approach, but an integrative approach. So newthetic counseling is the Bible only, and they don't use any uh, secular philosophy. Uh, and so an integrative model uh, of the allies uses secular uh, theories and the Bible as long as those secular theories don't contradict the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so uh, anyway, so that's, that's just a standpoint for those of you who have a mind for what I've just said. Anyway, but uh, the Christian approach to counseling, and I'm on page 191 if you're reading there. You can go get the book at Blacksmith Publishing. Uh, pardon the commercial. But the Christian's approach to counseling should always begin from the tenet of sola scriptura, and that is the scripture is the only divinely authoritative and infallible source for the rule of life. So everything begins from the truth revealed to us in the word of God. And so the counselor, the Christian counselor, uh, layman counselor, pastor, uh, whoever, they begin from the standpoint that the word of God is living and active and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It's able to divide uh, the heart 
uh, the soul and and uh, divide and uh, the joints and the marrow, uh, and is discerner and of the thoughts of uh, of the heart. So it goes to the heart of the the matter. That's the whole point, and uh, that's really where we get our authority. It's the Bible, uh, and then so just a point on the secular theories. There's some great secular theories out there. Uh, there's some great ones from Freud. Freud got it right sometimes. Most of the time it was about sex. It's true. He had a problem with, I guess, everything he thought was about that. Uh, and that's imbalanced. But uh, he got a lot of things right. And where he did, the whole point is all truth is God's truth. And that is a tenet of integration. Uh, and so sometimes the pagans got it right. Uh, because God owns the truth. And so that's the whole point is we want to, uh, I, I just thought it was important that we stop and just uh, state that the Bible is our authority once we go into counseling. And so when we're saying, when we're using principles and we're using uh, tenets and uh, you know, skills, uh, we use those only as so far as they agree with, and dovetail with the truth that's revealed in Scripture. So that's that's kind of the point I wanted to, to make there. Uh, just for everyone that, you know, maybe not have heard that before. Mike, you looks like you're going to say here, something. Here's my question. All right. Um, and, and, of course, this, this room's, ex, you know, extremely biased. But yeah. it's, it sounds to me that the advantage is, of the Christian counseling is because you're still using the secular information. Is there a time when, you know, a person would just be better off getting secular counseling or is it just because of a, a discomfort with, with Christianity would be the only reason not to? Or, I mean, it seems to me like there's, it, it would, you know, if I was going to go to counseling, I would get the Christian counseling. You guys haven't dumped the secular knowledge. Some you're counselors, bringing that, you're some bringing counselors that do. Yeah, some counselors do that, and they, uh, they uh, you know, poo-poo the secular stuff. So they, they will not use it. They only use the Bible. So, okay, so is this something that somebody who's having some issues and wants to talk to somebody, is this something they need to kind of think through, ask questions? I mean, yeah. th- I mean does it matter? Well, yeah, they could get... Uh, John, go ahead. You, you, I'm you... sorry. I'm, I'm about to explode here. Go um, ahead. Explode. <laughs> um, well, in my realm, um, I have a lot of uh, a lot of bias uh, as being a chaplain. Um, I, I think secular counseling can only take you so far because they only have a Amen. partial truth. Amen. And and I say that because uh, with full confidence, I mean, I deal in the world of spirituality, and what that means is purpose and meaning in life. And I would, I would dare say that almost every issue at some level is going to deal with purpose and meaning. And it's, even if it, it gets down to the level of, of self-worth and, uh, and, and things like trauma affect worth, things like um, not having a, a good moral compass affects self-worth. And so to me, um, you know, Secular counseling is is kind of like taking um, you know uh, a painkiller. It's gonna it's gonna kind of it's a coping mechanism, but it's not gonna get to the root of the problem. It's not gonna solve the problem, and and that's why some of the techniques they use, like cognitive behavioral therapy, it's a great tool, 
but it's just to deal with the issue. It never really, it never really digs down to the heart of it because what needs to happen, um, trademark is to heal. And, and, and I firmly believe in all my experience, all the counseling I've done that we're not talking about fixing people. We're talking about emotional and spiritual healing. And it's just something, it's something that's not in their toolbox because it, it ultimately gets back to the realm of, of the spiritual. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I'm glad you brought that up too, is because um, a lot of counseling, I think, uses, they, they talk about spirituality, but they, they talk about chakras and they use Buddhist stuff. Uh, and, and so when we talk about uh, a spiritual component, we're talking about, you know, the Holy Ghost. We're talking about uh, the power of prayer. We're talking about uh, the, the, uh, the power of uh, the heavenly, uh, you know, in, in our lives. And so that's, that's a big difference that's usually not even discussed. Yeah. Is that a right? It's not even broached, right? I'd like to say one, yeah. add one thing to your to your statement, and that is uh, uh, the image of God. Okay, and that's that's kind of where I operate from. That's that's my theological operating system. That is what we're talking about about worth. That is in the Christian view. That is the source of self worth, and that's why the secular world can't touch it because they don't acknowledge that they see us uh, for the most part as, as evolved animals, and right. and there's no there's no divine design. There's no imprint of of the you know of of God in our lives, and and that is the core of who we are. You know, and losing touch with that is what gets us messed up in the first place. That's a great point, Becky. I'm, I don't want to neglect you also chiming in, but a big part of Christian counseling is we actually uh, talk about sin, right? Sin is any one of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God as the Shorter Catechism tells us, question 14. But so sin is missing the mark. The sin is, sin is uh, not living your life according to God's standards, right, according to the law of God. And so we can sin in thought, word, and deed, and also by not doing what we're supposed to think about and do and say. And, and that is usually, well, I would say never talked about and discussed in secular counseling. It's like if somebody has some obscure thing they're doing, you say, well, that's normal. And they, unless I'm wrong here, I believe secular counseling just says they want to normalize everything so that you feel good about yourself and that you deal with whatever lifestyle you've, ha- you've, uh, you've chosen and just go about your merry way. Is that right? I mean, that's kind of that you, just so that you feel good about yourself and your lifestyle and just get on. And, and not, none of these things are discussed, like God's standards, the reason why you're not happy is you're breaking God's law and X, Y, Z. Is that right? I want to get you in here too, Becky. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And one thing I thought of when you were just speaking was um, the healing comes from forgiveness. And yeah. if you don't have Amen. a relationship with God, how can you forgive? And, Amen. you know, I've got clients that are Muslim and they're, they've had a lot of trauma in their past. And it's like the only way I know to heal that trauma is to forgive that person. And they don't want to forgive that person because they don't understand the, 
They just don't understand Christianity. They don't understand the fact that God forgave us. Mm-hmm. You know, when we sinned against him, he didn't have to. That was merciful. Um, and it's also a sin to to not forgive. Amen. Um, yeah, so it, it's tough to deal with. You know, when you got a 10-year-old kid in front of you that's been raped, um, that's into pornography, um, you know, they're getting online and showing nude pictures to grown men. Grown men are showing nude pictures to them. You know, it's just, it's a lot. And it's like, how do I... How do I help this person when they're Muslim? Mm. You know. Yeah. If yeah. 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 We always we always get this uh, uh, politically correct sort of. You know, all religions are sort of you know they all worship the same God and all this other nonsense. But I didn't you know until you said that I, I had I hadn't even thought about the fact that there is a Judeo Christian culture, there is an Islamic culture. And I hadn't even thought about the fact that really uh, forgiveness and things like that is in the Judeo-Christian culture. That's not, that is not, that I can remember in Islamic culture. I mean, it's kind of like uh, get even over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and big time. Uh, it's very tribal. It's, uh, you know, uh, they hold grudges for a long time. Um, these things can get passed on from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Um just from my time in the Middle East, you know, and it just, but you're absolutely right. I, I didn't even think about that, which is another challenge. And of course I'm sitting there wondering, okay, you mean if you're getting Christian counseling, you know, you have a, you have a Islamic boy getting Christian counseling. I mean, that in itself is a challenge, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't think I've ever seen Islamic counselors. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere. <laughs> They, they probably have them. I don't know. I don't know how that system works. But uh, yeah, I don't know any. But I mean, that's that. You know, that's something I hadn't even thought about. You know, um, trying to introduce a different culture to someone who's been brought up in completely foreign culture. Mm-hmm. But not all cultures are equal. They're just not. You know, um, some are better than others. Yeah. Hey, so I wonder if uh, this would be a good point to, uh, to bring out. I want to share uh, six principles of biblical counseling, okay? Uh, and I have uh, a helpful acronym to remember. It's HELPER, HELPER, so H-E-L-P-E-R, I guess, every, for those who can, can spell better than me. I just thought I'd say that, but, uh, or can't spell as well as I can't. Uh, but, yeah, H is Holy Spirit, so... This is a big, here's the big difference, right? We're talking about this first principle is reliance upon God, the direction of God for the progress and uh, the, uh, the direction of the counseling itself. That's, that's the big difference. I see a big stepping off point and the, the first divergence between secular and biblical counseling is the counselor in the room is the counselor with the big C, God. God's the counselor, the parakletos, the Holy Ghost. That's the counselor. 
and the reliance upon God to, to um, uh, you know, we welcome God to, uh, we lay our problems at his feet and we call upon his presence and power to direct the discussion, direct, open our minds and our hearts so that we can actually find this, the problem. Because some of these problems are so complex, we don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much uh, just gobbledygook of stuff. You, you, where do you begin? That's, I, I, some of the things that you've, uh, I've read about, I think, how on earth would you begin if you didn't begin with prayer? Uh, and obviously, there's, there's different ways to do this. You may not have informed consent, so you can actually pray before the counseling and afterward and, and silently during the counseling. So there's a way to, to do this. And, and that's what we said at the beginning is, you know, a Christian counselor is uh, operating under the authority of God and for uh, the glory of God. And so you're expectantly waiting upon God to move and take, take control of your mind and your words and to just be a conduit. So, I mean, that's, that's a big difference. Um, and then uh, just stop me if you want to jump in there. I was going to go through these principles, but just, just jump in where you, went, you want. And then the second is empathy. A second principle, uh, and this is this is kind of I believe uh, in my limited experience, kind of really important. I mean, empathy is so so important. Um, any st- uh, style of counseling that you take on, if you don't have empathy, and that is really, uh, you care. You're you're there uh, with the person. Uh, you grieve with the person. You you. Uh, you can associate with their 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 plight. You're you're uh, you're open. You have communication open with them. Uh, you feel what they feel. I mean, instead of just you know um, just uh, it's just science. It's not science. So this is the difference I think with Christian counseling is uh, we take it to the deeper level instead of just. Uh, um, you know, look at the bare facts, right? Uh, and then the the issue here with this is uncovering the sin uh, that's at the the source of all of the problem, and that's really the source of every problem. Is you know, humanity has fallen; it's under a curse, uh, and without the uh, the the power of God, uh, the power of Christ in our lives, we could never hope for any change, any hope. Just jump in there. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wanted to hit the points as you went, so I wasn't trying to remember all of them at the end. Um, at the beginning, absolutely, you know, as a, as a chaplain, I work in interfaith community. Uh, so I would say well under 50% of my visits are actually, um, you know, uh, professing Christians. Mm-hmm. So uh, absolutely, you know, before, um, before I sit down with someone or if they uh, come into my office quickly, uh, I'm definitely... Um, Praying silently, you know, for wisdom. Um, as I said earlier, uh, I'm not the expert in the room. It's it's God that is in my in my world in my theology. Uh, so absolutely, and and there are those opportunities when uh, when it seems right um, to to offer uh, to do prayer, consensual prayer. Um, the second point uh, you were making uh, again, as I was staying on the first one, uh, empathy. Empathy. Um, that is something you see lacking. Becky, correct me if I'm wrong. In in the in the older, more traditional uh, style of uh, of psychotherapy, empathy was not a factor. It's becoming more popular. 
Uh, as I mentioned, Rogerian, um, uh, cultural behavioral therapy, uh, which is one I learned about during my, my time at CP, um, they're finding big surprise, right? That empathy is one of the most powerful tools that we have because empathy, uh, to quote Brene Brown, it, it fuels human connection. And the truth is, like, I would say what most people need when they come in that room, especially if they're, I mean, people don't come to see me when they're in a good mood. It's usually they're, they're having a bad day. Their world's falling apart. And they sometimes, the, the, the one thing that I can offer them is a, is a point of connection, someone who cares, who feels with them, and who shuts up long enough to let them talk instead of trying to tell them what's wrong with them. That's right. Yeah, that, great point. Uh, Becky, anything on, um, uh, you know, when you are, uh, I know you have, you also do Christian counseling. And yeah. This is, I mean, a major component in, in the counseling you do is waiting on hearing mm-hmm. from God and to the direction. Yeah. Um, like I said, though, I was a better counselor before I ever went to school because it was just so natural. You know, because we did it in the church, and everything was about Christ and listening to Christ. And, you know, it wasn't my opinion, my advice. Who cares what my opinion is or my advice? You know, it's what Christ thinks. And that's that's what, and we would see it every Sunday. We would see it right in front of our face. We would see people change. Their entire lives would change. And I remember telling um, our pastor's wife, I said, the holy has become common to me because it happens so often. It's every Sunday we see people's lives change. We see people healed. We see people, their marriage comes together, that they were going to get divorced, Um it's just amazing. And now, you know, I do agree with integration because I do agree. I am a Rogerian counselor also. Um, and empathy is is very, very important. Um, I think maybe because I'm female, I don't know, but I'm kind of naturally empathetic. Um, I'm getting better, though. I don't cry when people cry now, which is <laughs> kind of more professional. <laughs> yeah. I would dare say most people, if you're crying with them, even though we're, we're taught not to, you know, um, I think that's definitely a, um, a very strong touch point for them. You know, it, it, it should never get to the point where they're having to comfort you. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've definitely, I've definitely fought back some tears um, when, when I really let my heart engage. Um, Paul, something you mentioned, I wanted to touch on, and I, I agree with, and I, I wanted to just expand on a little bit. You, you talked about addressing the sin in the room, and and what my mind went to uh, right away, um, a little backstory is. is from my from my understanding, and I don't I don't claim to know uh, everything or be authority on anything, um, but sin the result of sin is is obviously human brokenness, right? But but more broken relationship, like v- fragmenting that relationship with God, fragmenting that relationship with others, and and a lot of times the sin that you're dealing with, especially in trauma, like you're talking about, 
is not the sin that they have committed, but the sin has been committed against them. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the grief and the loss that they're facing because the world as they thought it was or thought it was supposed to be is not. That you can't trust people. That people that you think you can trust will hurt you. And, and uh, so we're definitely dealing with sin, with brokenness, right? With broken relationship. But it's not always the person in the room that is, is the sinner in that situation that we're dealing with, but maybe they're, they are suffering from the results of someone else's brokenness. Amen. So, uh, yeah, Mike, come on, chime in there. Well, I, when, you, when you said that, I was just like, that's so loaded. Yeah. Sin is the transgression of the law. That's right. The reason why you are broken, the reason why you're having a bad life yeah. is because you're doing something that's against God's nature. You're yeah. doing. You're not doing what you're intended to do, yeah. and so you know you talk about secular counseling and stuff like that. So I mean, you know, uh, we just we just need you just need a, a pride parade. Mm. You know, everyone just needs yeah. to tell you you're okay. Yeah, you know, you're you're fine. We we you know you're great. You're special. You know, it's just a bunch of people lying to you, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a shame. And it doesn't matter how much you sit there. I mean, I've I've had very close friends that are engaged in activity that makes them miserable okay and um and and you have empathy and you care about them but it's not a happy lifestyle and most of these people i think if you're close enough to them and 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 they'll be honest with you they'll tell you it's a very difficult lifestyle a lot of them don't want to be in it and but they don't know how they don't know how they don't know they don't know a way out you know it's very difficult for them and they're struggling with but I don't think sitting there giving them a pride parade or throwing a party and giving them a bunch of balloons is really going to help them. And it's certainly not helping them. And it doesn't matter what the sin is. I'm not trying to pick on any particular sin here. But the other thing too is, I mean, as a counselor, if you're going to deal with sin, well, then you're going to have to back up because are they actually getting taught God's law in church? This might be the first place they even have heard it. They might, they might be going to some of these churches that, you know, anything goes. Plenty of those. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, you can, you can find any kind of church that, you know, whatever you're engaged in, what kind of activity you're engaged in. But, I mean, if you really want healing, you're going to, you know, again, you're probably going to have to get in that book. And you're going to have to educate your person. This might be the reason why you're not happy. Mm-hmm. This might be the reason why you're not fulfilled. That's right. And uh, so, you know, to me, that's just really loaded. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of places you can go when you're starting to talk about that, when you're starting to talk about, like, the foundation of why you're here and why you have a problem and why your life's not going well. That's right. Yeah, it's something I like to say, and I probably say a little too much, um, but uh, if we do things God's way, we get God's results. People are unhappy because they're doing things their way. And the goal of counseling and all of life is to bring all life under the Lordship of Christ, that he may be preeminent in all things, as Colossians says. And we fall short of that. Uh, and I certainly do every day. But, but listening, the third principle. So Holy Spirit, empathy, listening, the third principle. Uh, obviously, these go hand in hand. Uh, a good counselor is a good listener, right? Uh, I think as... I can't remember um, who said it, but he said it right, uh, that God gave us uh, one mouth and two ears. 
so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. And that's certainly true for counselors. Uh, I know that uh, some people I don't think make good counselors because they can't stop talking. So that's, uh, we have to be able to listen to people, not just listening, but uh, taking it in and uh, active listening, right? Or double listening to, to try to get to uh, uncover the layers of, of life wrecking stuff to find the root, right? right. Uh, and then uh, the other aspect of that is um, something that an aspect of prayer people forget is God speaks to us. We, we pray, you know, prayer is an offering up of our, offering up of our, uh, our needs uh, to God and God responds and speaks to us in our soul. I've never heard God's audible voice. That would be prostrate. But, uh, but I have heard God's voice and my soul as it resonate. And that's, that's the whole point is uh, the Christian counselor is, is open to that. A, a Christian counselor that's doing it right, the right way and getting out of the way and letting the counselor with the big, the capital C, uh, speak to the counselor and to the one who's there needing help. And so the, honestly, that's the uh, Rogerian method is so that they, the, both the counselor and the client, if you want to put it in secular terms, are, are learning what the problem is. And they're listening to God and Scripture and, and finding the solution. Is that right? Right. Okay. And just chime in here. And then, yeah. Um, that makes me think about what I've always thought about secular counseling is that it's great to have them come to a point where they've dealt with their trauma and now they're coping, but they're, they're going to hell. So mm. what good is it? Exactly. Exactly. What will it profit a man if he gains... The whole world, but forfeits his own soul, uh, and that's really it. As Christ said, and that's what would happen. They normalize sin. Uh, they uh, redefine sin right out of existence, so that you can just do whatever you want. Uh, and they suppress the truth of God in their unrighteousness, as Romans one says. But yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, and then the uh, fourth principle is proposed goals. Uh, I added this here because obviously you need to have a plan of some sort, uh, and obviously, I mean, sometimes the crisis counseling may not get to this point, but uh, it could be just a one-time thing, Or, but this is more uh, like uh, a weekly counseling, um, you know, 12-week, something a little more elongated, and uh, anyone with uh, that's been in the run of the military knows if you don't fail, if you don't plan, you fail to, you know, you plan to fail. I'll get it right. <laughs> but that's the idea is uh, you have a, a proposed goal. Uh, and I, this is what I found is uh, in Rogerian is you, you want the person to discover, you know, what is, if you're, I mean, just use the miracle question. You know, if your life could look exactly how you want it to look, then what, that, what would that look like? Where would you be? What would, your, what would you be doing how would things be with your spouse and your kids or whatever it is? How would you be feeling then and, and uh, to discover that? Is that about right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so proposed goals uh, and then uh, milestones, you know, trying to figure out uh, uh, as you traject that proposed goal out, what are the milestones 
uh, you know, from meaning that. What would those look like? And talking those through. Uh, and I have a note here. Uh, the goal is to envision an end state which will free the person from guilt and sin and a possible reliance uh, on uh, neurotic tendencies, right? So there's, um, so the idea is uh, with the proposed goal is we want to, you know, go back to the scripture, you know, and then, you know, obviously uh, that's our goal, our, our, our guide for everything that's, uh, that we deal with. But uh, I think this, this aspect here is uh, challenging. Right. Not only is the, the scripture going to challenge people, but the goal, it's a challenge. Where are we going? Right? It's a hard thing to do with counseling. Okay, well, now we know the problem, or we're trying to find it out. We're, we're going to fully orb this problem, but no, now what do we do? What are the steps to, to taking care of that problem? Right? Let me ask a question for you because I, I just, I, I'm thinking generally people don't want to get counseling. I mean, isn't that kind of like you're saying, yeah. I'm weak, I got yeah. a problem, Especially I need to go talk to somebody. My, yeah. my, my, my thought is, um, don't you find like just being able to talk about God and talk about Scripture and things like that is, is in itself sort of a form of counseling? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're kind of able to like be engaged in counseling without calling it counseling and having somebody Absolutely. have to come see you. John, you were just talking about the other, the other day is... Uh, uh, just the amount of informal counseling that you can have, uh, like, um, but still being professional, still being Christian, just not like a hey, come in here and lay down on the couch for two hours. Just uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm probably guilty of it myself. You know, um, self reliance. Hey, I, I got this. I don't need. I don't need to talk to anybody. Um, one of one of my biggest calling cards is uh, is the uh, the piece that uh, the military chaplains own, and that is the confidentiality piece. Uh, that's probably my favorite um, tool in my toolbox is because I, I can I can sell it as, hey, you know, uh, you don't need to come in here um, so we can talk about church. I said, we're always up for that, right? But you can come in here and talk about anything, and it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to worry about your buddies knowing. You know, if you just need somebody to yell at, somebody to vent, and, you know, I think we all need that. I mean, how many times have you just been mad about something and you just wanted to, like, just vent about it, you know, just bellyache a little bit maybe, you know? And, and what do you get? You got unsolicited advice. And that's not what you're looking for. You're actually looking for somebody to listen and to maybe agree with you. You know, you feel a little, uh, a little uh, uh, validated there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, I can't tell you how many times that people have come in and, and, and like you said, sometimes it's very informal. Sometimes somebody comes in and they just talk for a half an hour and I don't do a whole lot of talking. And when they leave, they're like, thanks, chaps. I feel so much better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't do anything, but I did. I listened intently with my eyes, with my body language. I, I did some of that listening that, that, that is so important. That is that reflective listening um, that that kind of helps them explore the struggle that they're facing. Um, and uh, I, I think that's one thing that secular counseling gets right. But again, it doesn't take mm-hmm. you to the goal line. It, it, yeah. it gets you on the way, but you can only get so far um, without, without that understanding of, of that greater truth that we're talking about right now. Amen. Amen. I'm going to out. 
myself with Paul Out here. Out yourself. Exfoliate. <laughs> um, Paul will come home and do just that, you know, just Events. needs to vent. Events. And I know it's not time to put on my counseling, put out my shield, you know, and yeah. and he doesn't want to hear that. He knows all about that. He's taken the classes and he's a better counselor than I am. But um, you're definitely a better listener. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that I do that I know will always work is when he's done venting, I say, you know what? That sounds really frustrating. And he's like, yeah, that is frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say. And I think I say, you're counseling right now, aren't you? <laughs> 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 yeah. But that's good. Well, well said. Yeah, it is. That's right. I mean, uh, uh, the just that the whole idea of uh, being used by God. I mean, that's that's what I love about counseling that I've been able to do. I've been privileged privileged to do is you recognize that you are an instrument of God. You're a conduit of God. You're a servant of God. It ain't about you. It's about something bigger than yourself, and uh, about uh, the glory of God and the welfare of the person in front of you. And uh, that's awesome. So anytime I'm, I'm privileged to counsel, I just, I'm in awe that God would use. Uh, and God uses the dumbest people. He does. He likes to do that for his glory. And uh, he, I mean, I, I could talk about that all day, but, um, but that's, that's what's awesome about counseling and in the church. Uh, and, and anybody out there that's, uh, you know, listen to this, uh, it's okay. You know, I mean, uh, Counseling presupposes that uh, you recognize there's a, there's a problem and that you have a need. You, you, there's something that you need. You need help. Uh, and then the, the promise of God is in Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So you, you actually have to call out. You actually have to get help, and you have to be humble yourself. That, uh, that's, that's not easy. Uh, but the reward is joy. The reward is uh, the joy of the Lord. And as Nehemiah, I think it's 8.10 or 6.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, but yeah, just uh, moving on here with our principles. Uh, the fifth is execution of the goals. So the first is uh, H, uh, Holy Spirit. E is empathy. L is listening. P is pr- proposed goals. And E is execution of those goals implementation of those goals and uh, and that's pretty self-explanatory in itself but I noted some obstacles that we could encounter in the progress the process of the counseling uh, I noted three in my book uh, God's man uh, and that is uh, resistance from the count client uh, resistance to this plan um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of forms of that. Uh, maybe they're just not motivated. They don't do the homework. They, uh, they're not really engaged in the counseling process. Uh, they don't want to go to certain places where you need to go. Uh, they don't want to forgive. They don't want to talk about X, Y, Z. Uh, or, or they just don't want to go to counseling. I mean, that's obviously a problem. Uh, and then... Uh, getting bogged down, uh, obviously, on a, uh, something that's just an obstacle in the path of, of he- uh, 
and I, I just now remembered this, the goal in secular counseling is just, it's just health. You know, they're happy, health. And the goal in Christian counseling is uh, deliverance, a joy, uh, living your life for the glory of God. Uh, different, very different. So different goals. So just feeling good. I mean, <laughs> that's it, totally different goals. But uh, so, yeah, the, another one, the third there is just um, when you as a, I think, a counselor, you can kind of uh, need to get uh, motivated to keep going too. Uh, this is, I know that I felt that way. It's like, wow, how do I help this person? I don't know. Uh, I, I've, I've thought about this during the week and I've, I've thought about how to tackle this problem. I've, I've read, uh, I've used, maybe can use some different techniques, but, uh, and that's where Christian counseling goes back to the starting point of the, the cat, counselor with a capital C is we pray. Yeah. Ask God's direction. And, uh, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 11. Uh, we need uh, something. We need wisdom from God, otherworldly, uh, and the, the wisdom of God to apply to the problem. Uh, so important. Yes, sir. I'd like to touch on, on that note of prayer. Um, in, my, in my world, my current world, it's uh, it's less often that I get that opportunity, but like you said before, I spent a good bit of time um, in the clinical world. Um, actually, uh, about three years um, working uh, in medical centers and hospitals, and uh, seeing you know anywhere from fifteen to thirty patients a day, just uh, checking in on people, and it it never ceased to amaze me um, the impact that prayer has in the moment. Um, and, and if you are a, if you are a good listener, then your entire conver interaction conversation, whether it's 20 minutes, or whether it's two hours, you can take what you've learned from that person and their struggle, and you can address it in that prayer. And I have, I've seen people weep. I've seen people just so grateful and, and so much more at peace from just that prayer where we address those issues and, and ask for God's guidance, God's wisdom, God's healing in their life. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, again, I, I always err probably more often than I shouldn't on the, on the side of caution. I wait for my gut when it feels right. Like, okay, this is a good time. I'm going to say, Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? And I've never, I've never had anyone say no. Um, maybe I missed a few opportunities, but again, you know, it goes back to that, that, um, leaning on the guidance of the Holy spirit. Right. I mean, um, that's why we start, but, but yeah, praying, going into that, praying during that, you know, help God, help me see, you know, help me see, you know, what the need is. Help me you know, in, in the chaplain world, we call that a spiritual needs assessment and then a spiritual intervention. And sometimes that spiritual intervention is prayer. Sometimes that spiritual intervention is what we mentioned earlier, and that is just connection. That person may feel completely alone in the world, and in that moment, you have become connection for them. And obviously, we believe we're connected to God, so they, we, are, we are that conduit to, to God for that person in that moment. Man, that's a great point, John, is sometimes people feel so alone, and they just feel like they're just, uh, they've unsnap-linked from their last buoy, and they're just out there in the middle of the ocean, 
you know, yeah. to get nautical here. Yeah. As your name. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly, that's so scary. And when you connect with somebody, you're like, I'm a person. Yeah. And I, I matter. Yeah. And you might have actually and just God saved their life me. in yeah. that moment. That's absolutely important. Yeah. So that that's, presupposes uh, that you care as a counselor. You love them. You see this person as someone that's made in the image of God. Yeah. Like you. And that they have value. And you love them. Yeah. That is so important. On that care note, I um, one of the, the best pieces of advice I heard when I was going through uh, my officer in doc, um, it was actually, uh, I think, a, a senior chief. He said, uh, he said, we can fix head problems, but we can't fix heart problems. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I say that from the point of the counselor. If your heart's not in it, then you're probably not in the right line of work. You, you have got to have a heart for people. You've got, to, you've got to go home at the end of the day. And it blew my mind because I was talking to a, uh, in a, in a room, I was talking to a psychologist and I described what empathy is, which is actually feeling with someone. And the way I've, I've used in the past uh, when I'm having trouble emotionally connecting is, is to imagine myself in their shoes and how I would feel if, if I was going through that, if I'd experienced that, if I'd lost a loved one, however that is. And it's a very powerful, it's very draining. And, and I've come home at the end of the day and be physically exhausted. Mm-hmm. And the counselor and this uh, psychologist said, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't understand how you do that because I, I, uh, I try to stay in the head. And I was like, that's never where the problem is, okay? Yeah, there's some, there's some, some, maybe some beliefs that are wrong, maybe that paradigm that needs to be changed, but it, it always gets down to a matter of the heart and, and a counselor in my view, I, you know, I, this is just uh, John's opinion, especially a chaplain. If you don't have a heart for people, man, you, you need to find another job. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, so, uh, on that note, uh, the sixth and last, last principle is a referral as necessary. Yeah. Uh, and so this uh, reminds us that there could be a chemical imbalance issue. There could be an issue where we go, it goes beyond the sin of the person and it goes to the fallenness of, the, of, of just where we're at. We live in a fallen world and our brain chemistry and all those things, it's just something beyond their ability to fix. So uh, now the, the big difference here is uh, I found in my limited experience, very limited, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of secular counselors, they may, uh, well, at least psychologists, psychiatrists, they want to push meds. So uh, there's a big, I guess it's like, hey, that's my big go-to is, okay, what kind of medication just imagine yourself, you know, you got a psychiatrist and you got a Christian counselor. This is very simplistic, but they, the psychiatrist may be thinking, okay, all right, he's going to need XYZ meds, okay? Yeah. And then maybe figure out where, you know, his, uh, you know, you can psychoanalyze this guy. And the Christian counselor may be thinking some of those psychoanalytic stuff, but then, you know, what's the sin problem? Yeah. What's the root of this problem that the person's doing? And maybe in their past there was sin that they weren't responsible for that was committed against them. And that's why they're having trouble. That's, that's what I mean. It's not when I say sin issue, I'm not just saying they're a sinner and they, and it's all their fault. I'm saying someone sinned against them. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Becky was talking about the inability to forgive. Right. Right. 
and and the referral as, as necessary reminds us that sometimes uh, we have to they need uh, some medication right. there's limitation there's limitations with what we do yeah uh, Paul I think I think referrals absolutely important and uh, a counselor uh, a chaplain whatever hat you wear uh, you need a good uh, a good Rolodex uh, a good call list and 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 again like something I believe firmly from my experience and training is you don't need to be sending them to somebody that you've never met if at all possible yeah. you build those relationships in your community I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm just anti um, anti psychiatry but um, yeah. I also think that sometimes you know when the only thing you have is a hammer everything's a nail okay and I've seen way too many times it's the easy go-to because that's you know that's mostly what they have hey the easy answer is the medication and honestly and maybe I just haven't had a lot of cases come to me I've only seen once or twice um, in in my experience that it was um, it was definitely above my pay grade this the person needed care and you know it I struggle theologically with that because you know the Bible talks about um, you know there is a spiritual answer to that too you know that sometimes it's it's a thing that can be addressed spiritually but um, but yeah definitely uh, we live in a world where people have medical issues but but even more than that you know we should be in touch with um, with uh, abuse shelters, with alcohol uh, recovery programs, um, you know, for people that that obviously we can deal with the emotional side of that, but addiction is a is a whole other animal, right? And and abuse is a whole other animal. And sometimes they need more than somebody to listen. They need a safe place where either someone can protect them or or help them. So I think I think knowing not just knowing when to refer, but knowing who to refer to and knowing the people that you're sending them to mm -hmm. uh, is, is important. It, it's doing your due diligence. Amen. So I wanted, uh, I wanted to read uh, a little snippet here from the book and God's man. And I have uh, this, although a person suffering from bipolar is a sinner and sins barring God's miraculous deliverance, their problem is their mental illness and will require medication in addition to your counsel. So that's the whole point. Uh, there, there's something we can only go so far in a fallen world. And, and that's why, I mean, it, you know, if you're a new thetic guy, you may poo poo that and say, well, that just doesn't exist, but it does. It actually does exist. And I think we're doing a disservice to someone if we don't acknowledge that. Uh, I think we can cause a lot of damage. I think the church does a better job when it, when it understands that, you know? Um, but you know, Last thing I just wanted to say, because we went through those six principles, is you know the role of the church in counseling. Uh, you know, if you're in a church, uh, you know we're all sinners. Okay, all of us. us Christians are sinners saved by grace, and uh, the role of the church in counseling is uh, we have to. Uh, we're all, in one sense, a counselor. We can all be counselors. You know, some of us are, uh, you know, by virtue of their position. They're you know legally required uh, to do certain things, but every one of the church is a counselor, and it begins uh, just by loving some, just loving those around you. You know, giving giving a crap. Pardon my expression about people. You know, and, uh, and for those in the military, you know, there's. I mean, I had to go here, but there's something like 21 veterans a day 
commit suicide. Uh, and and they, they're, they're in some dark places. And so it's important for the friends of, you know, you just, for uh, both parts, seeing somebody in that, that, uh, that bad way and, and reaching out to them and not just sloughing it off. And also guys, and I'm saying guys because, uh, you know, inordinate amount of th- those veterans that kill themselves, follow through with suicide, are males. And these guys have some demons from downrange. So you can, uh, you, look, if you, have, if you need help, you can come to Christ Covenant Baptist Church, 5200 Bragg Boulevard, and I will talk to you. I will pray with you. Whatever it is that you have, uh, the blood of Christ is enough, and we can find a way to get through it together. So if you're out there hurting, and you're, you're, whatever you're suffering with, uh, you know, we, we'll f- you're not alone. You know, there is, there's help. There is hope. Uh, and we can have uh, comfort, change, and hope. And we have that because we know the one who holds the whole future of this world in his hands. Uh, so I just, wherever you're at, brother, sister, uh, you know, you can, there's some people that care, right? And you can get help. And, uh, but I've, I think I've talked a lot. Becky, I've kind of uh, not addressed uh, you. If you haven't got to talk for a while, is there anything you want to say as we start um, wrapping things up? Well, while you were talking, I was just thinking about in the church with medication um, that I saw several times where people were on like antipsychotic drugs or, you know, whatever, and they went through counseling with the pastor and they were delivered and got off of those drugs and were normal and fine. And then on the other hand, you know, there's times when there's people, good-hearted, good-natured people that were like, you don't need to take those drugs. Um, mm. you, your faith is just not enough. You need to just get off of those and just trust God. Well, you know, you can really hurt somebody by doing that also. Um, you know, sometimes God uses illnesses like that, mental illness, physical illness, to mature us, to grow us up. Um, I know God can heal. God has healed me of several things and several things in our family, but sometimes he chooses not to heal, and that's his prerogative. Um, He's God. I am not, Um, but I, I have been through some things where he chose not to heal me and because of it I was matured through that process it wasn't fun but I would do it again Amen Amen, Amen. John uh, I think I've said enough tonight okay. I, I do appreciate the opportunity to speak uh, very passionate uh, this is something I think we could talk about for hours uh, it's a very big part of my life and, uh, and a big passion for me and, and I'm glad you said that, John, because our plan is to do several iterations of this topic. And so this is the first one we're doing on Christian counseling. And we plan on having uh, to really get into other topics uh, as we go on, uh, talking about faith and fellowship and family and, and different issues that uh, veterans struggle with. But uh, if, if you've been listening to this today, I hope you see the, the, the difference. 
is where, whereas uh, psychology says pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Christian psychology says seek the counsel of God, uh, seek the face of God, seek his word for the answer. And uh, the other person that's helping you as a counselor, uh, they're, uh, they're just an instrument, a humble instrument uh, in bringing that change and that comfort and that hope. So it's, uh, it's awesome to, to be used by God in that way. And I hope that this, uh, this podcast has helped you. And, uh, John, I just want to throw you under the bus and ask if you would pray as we close this podcast. Absolutely. Um, we all join with me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, uh, you are the source of not only all knowledge and wisdom, God, but the source of life. Um, it is your imprint that you've placed in our lives. Uh, you give us purpose and meaning. God, I just pray that as, as people listen to this, that, uh, that it will speak to their hearts, that they will have a desire to, to know you more and to, uh, to live a life uh, that is pleasing to you. God, we all fall short of your glory, and we thank you for the sacrifice that your Son has made for us, that we may not only have eternal life, but, but find our own purpose in you and your will. God, I thank you for this opportunity and for everyone listening tonight. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.